Hello, and welcome to Beyond Digital, a B4B podcast brought to you by DMI. In this podcast, we move beyond the transactional B2B conversation and focus on B4B storytelling. We dive into the unique journeys of industry disruptors, change makers, and the thought leaders that are driving transformation through a new model, one based on shared value and ecosystem mindset in the convergence of business and technology. We discuss all things digital evolution, from optimizing technology and transforming business models to innovating at the edge. Join us as we retrace the footsteps of these leaders, hear about their successes and challenges as we move beyond digital together. Hello, and welcome to episode five of Beyond Digital by DMI. I'm your host, Adam Klashinsky. Thanks for joining. Today, we're joined by Malta Chamarthi, Executive Leader of Software, Business, and Product Management at, at Stellantis, and DMI's own Jenny Heinze, VP of Automotive and Software Mobility, to discuss major transformations taking place throughout the automotive industry, from the very definition of mobility to the software and the business models driving this rapid evolution throughout the entire ecosystem. Malta and Jenny, thank you both so much for making the time today. Uh, I'd like to begin by asking both of you about your career paths that brought you into your current roles. And Malta, specifically this year, you took on your first role in an executive business function responsible for software and business, uh, software business and product management at Stellantis after having an amazing career path in IT, most recently in CIO and CDO positions. Uh, can you tell our listeners a bit about what led up to this and your motivation for making that switch? Actually, Adam, this transformation that I took from IT into digital and into a business role actually happened at ZF, uh, ZF Friedrichshafen, when uh, I was I became the chief digital officer there. So I moved from being a global CIO of TRW to uh, being a chief digital officer. And the charter or the remit of the role there was to transform ZF from a mechanical engineering company um, in not only into a mechatronic, but into a software engineering company. So that's where I started having a role that sits between engineering, IT, and the business to create a completely new line of business uh, for ZF. We created aftermarket products, um, dongle and telematics-based products, uh, and we grew a business to almost close to 70 million uh, euro uh, for fleet management uh, services. And then started looking at all of our products at ZF saying, which products have the highest compound annual growth rate? And if we IoT enable them, what kind of data can we collect and what additional value can we provide to OEMs? So that's where this whole business thinking and my pivot, first pivot from IT to business happened. And then um, I came to Stellantis and that is a story in itself on how I started as an hourly contractor at Chrysler to um, this role um, at uh, Stellantis. When I came to Stellantis, I once again went back into IT, but 
when I came into Stellantis in an IT role, I started playing a bigger, broader digital transformation, not just an IT transformation. And um, I had responsibility for connected services. I think once you get that um, initiation onto the business side, you really don't want to go back into just purely business enabling functions, I would say. I think once that bug bites you, you just want to keep going in the business area. And so I would say it's a once in a lifetime opportunity to be leading a major disruption, not only in the automotive industry, but for Stellantis. And uh, as you probably heard during the software day, it is a 20 billion new opportunity for Stellantis. So it's exciting, super exciting. And to be right on the forefront of that. Exactly. Ad, right. Shaping the industry. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Uh, Jenny, uh, same question. What's, what's brought you to your, your current role? Tell us a little bit more about you. Well, I, I joined DMI about a year ago. I was invited to run the automotive and, and transportation division here. And when you listen to Mamtha, first of all, I think, we can, we can give credit to a, a, a joint mentor of ours who always was business-driven. She was the global CIO at Daimler Chrysler. I'm talking about Sue Unger, but she never thought about technology for technology's sake. She was always focused on the business value. And I think that's the footprint and the mindset that Mamtha's talking about. And in this day and age with this disruptive transformation we're seeing in the industry, software is becoming the business is driving that revenue, that future revenue stream that Mumtha talked about. And so digital products are now becoming front and center for the automotive industry. And you know what more intriguing place to be than in this space right now to be part of that ecosystem that is connecting everything and to support that transformation. So super exciting times. I know that we, we talk about this all the time and we know how disruptive it is that, uh, of the transformation that's going on right now. Everybody's trying to become these software mobility companies and, and you are front and center of that at Stellantis. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that journey as you are driving it and experiencing it at Stellantis? You, it was amazing to listen into the software day you just mentioned yesterday with the live broadcast. You shared a lot of your strategy there. Can you share a little bit of that with us? Yeah, absolutely. I think just observing a few trends, uh, Jenny, um, the first one being um, the customer or a consumer trend and their expectations are changing, right? Um, they, whenever something, a device is connected, they always want that device to be always fresh. Always fresh, you know, the operating system has to be fresh. The apps that are there on the, uh, in the connected device, they have to be fresh. That's, that's a trend that we are noticing. Once a device is connected, it seamlessly fits into my digital ecosystem and it's always fresh. And after I buy it, it's not losing its value. It's not going through a depreciation that it continues to um, retain or gain value. That's one trend. And the next trend that we are observing from a customer is, I do not want like a one size fits all kind of a product. 
collect the data, of course, I'm going to give you the consent because if I see the value of convenience for me, then I'll give you the consent to collect the data and personalize the features for me. Because previously it was always about what hardware options can you customize in the car? Fabric of the seat or do you want leather? What kind of trim levels? That was the past. But today it is, I am, I bought a Jeep Wrangler and I am a beginner. I do not know anything about off-road trails. Educate me first, plan it for me. And as I go on the trail, be there with me, educating all the way through and providing me conveniences along the way, including software tuning, including coaching in real time for me, including providing maybe what are the essentials that I need to take with me? Do I need to take a Jeep bike uh, with me on this? So what is the aftermarket uh, conveniences that you can provide? And providing this whole thing off-road trail as a service to the customers, an entire package with the flexibility to choose whatever they want to choose. For me, that's the biggest change and the most disruptive from a customer is I no longer want to own one car or lease one car and one car doesn't serve all of my needs. In the morning, maybe I am going to work and I just need a utility car to go from point A to point B. In the afternoon, I'm going to Home Depot to collect whatever it is, lumber, whatever it is to do some home improvements. I want a truck. And in the evening, I'm going to a nice dinner with my spouse and I want a Maserati MC20 maybe, right? So that just the thinking, I, I do not want the same thing with me even throughout the day. So that's another uh, trend that we are noticing changing. That's why we have the free to move with mobility as a service that is being offered to customers in Europe as well as in North America. And later on, it will expand to the entire world. And with autonomous cars coming, free to move will also expand into uh, autonomous cars. So with all of these consumer trends, it's no longer car, you define, start with a vehicle platform and then try to fit software into it. You start with the software, you start with what is it that I want to provide the customers and then think of what is the maximum hardware can I fit so that I can continue to keep upgrading these features and delivering them at the speed of expectation of the customer. And that's what we try to reiterate at the software day when we said we want to achieve this 12 billion euro in incremental revenue. It is from these kind of examples that I uh, talked about. I'm a Dodge, I love horsepower, you know that. And when I go onto the track, give me a higher horsepower, tune it. When by I'm the push the of a button is what yeah, you're saying, by the push button. of a button. Yeah. Exactly. Or know my location and offer that to me saying, hey, Mamta, looks like you're at the track. Do you want to increase? Do you want to tune your horsepower? Yeah. 
right? So that's that's where that's what the customer experience expects today. That kind of a convenience, and that can only be uh, given to the customer through software and efficiently also through software. So we are very um, serious about this ambition and in meeting the customer's expectations because they have this extreme uh, emotional bond that our customers have between our 14 iconic brands. It's part of their lifestyle, right? Jeep or Dodge or Ram, it's, it's their lifestyle choice. So we want to give them all these great convenient features and then how can we make it possible? So we introduced three uh, AI-driven platforms. One is Stellabrain. Stellabrain is the new electrical architecture. Today, we can update only two components in the car. With the Grand Wagoneer and Grand Cherokee L that we have launched, that has increased to 10 components. With Stellabrain, it increases to 30 components. And that is almost close to 100% of the components in the car updatable. And so starting 2024, um, 100% of the components in those cars that have Stellabrain will be up, updatable. And then Stella Smart Cockpit, this is AI-driven personalization that I talked about for our customers, including augmented reality, multimodality, sense, gesture, you know, all of these things, creating that really beautiful third living space in the car. And the third platform is Stella Auto Drive. And we know that uh, Auto Drive is all about autonomous driving. 1.2 million people, I've repeatedly said that this, that get killed in car crashes every year. And we have a responsibility as automotive industry to prevent those crashes from happening and to return those, you know, as many as people as possible to their families. So that's why uh, with auto drive up to level three, we partner with BMW in augmenting the driver intelligence. And then level four and five, we already have a leadership position in light commercial vehicles in North America, as well as Europe. And we are partnering with Waymo with the Ram Pro Master Electric um, to create commercial solutions. One thing I loved about the, uh, the the report out yesterday, Mamtha, was you also talked a lot about um, modality elements, right? Touch and sound and gaze and gesture and brain waves in context of creating that lifestyle convenient experience in the vehicle. Um, I thought that was really fun to listen to and really closes out the overall vision. But those are not trivial problems to solve, right? Those are very complex problems to solve. Absolutely, absolutely. And actually, last year, Jenny, we introduced an augmented uh, virtual reality uh, and augmented reality app called Know and Go. This was an employee's idea, two women employees. I'm especially proud to say it. two women employees, right? They said, how many of our customers really use all of the features in our cars? We don't even know that. How can we make it really easy for them to understand our features without removing or getting the owner's manual out of the glove box? I don't even remember the last time when I got the owner's manual out of the glove box. And so they said, if I can point my camera from my smartphone at a feature, it should be able to tell me what that feature is and how to use that feature. So we launched that. 
uh, on the RAM TRX first and including getting a daily nudge. By the way, you're a RAM TRX owner. We see that you have not used this feature. Do you want to learn more about this? So every day it tells me what features I'm using and it gets asks me for feedback, whether I like the feature or don't like the feature and then nudging me to use more features. So it's uh, with that success, now we are rolling it out across all of our 14 brands, this kind of an augmented reality help. And it will also replace or thin out the owner's manual at cost savings, convenience for the customers. I think it's interesting to, to pause and zoom out from everything we're hearing. It's, you know, the software and the developments that are happening on the software side are changing the way that we perceive the concept of ownership the way we perceive the relationship between the vehicle and the driver. Um, but all of this is happening within, you know, it, it's hard to define the, the subcomponents of this automotive ecosystem itself. You know, what used to be steel and, you know, rubber tires and very little electronics, you know, electronic fuel injection was, you know, the, the wave of the future at the time. But now uh, when we look at all the different moving parts within uh, within the automotive industry, right? And, and the rapid advancement in so many different technologies, even from the engineering perspective, right? And how all of these in combination are putting so much pressure on business models, right? Really kind of shaking all so many business models right to their core. It's not like automakers are being asked to just re-engineer a new method of propulsion. They're being asked to rethink the entire concept of mobility um, where software is the new steel, right? And consumer okay. services are the new showroom floor. So the sheer scope of what's happening here is is sometimes difficult to entirely comprehend. So Mumta, I'm curious from, from your perspective, what are the biggest challenges that OEMs are facing um, in, in this degree, in this level of transformation? I think all of those things that Jenny and I have talked about, right? We are so used to starting with the hardware architecture and then trying to fit software into it. So this reversing it and thinking about the customer experience and the software first, and then thinking of the hardware and not going with this hardware life cycle planning. So hardware changes maybe five years or seven years, once every seven years but software changes almost every day, every week, every month. So that, those are the cycles that auto industry is not used to. So this is why the technology industry is so interested because look at the access, this, this industry is the, after, most of the industries have gone through the disruption Auto industry is really ripe with its disruption. So that's number one, exciting, very exciting. The next, I feel like uh, all of the connected cars and the data that they provide, and then you combine it with all of the lifestyle data about the customers and the opportunities around what value can be provided to a person so that is what makes like the tech industry and they and the tech industry what they do well is manage these software cycles 
and the auto industry knows well to manage the hardware cycles. And that's why we even uh, announced the partnership with Foxconn uh, to bring that kind of thinking. And we announced that it's a JV, it's not like a, you know, we'll do a partnership, that we have a 50% ownership in this partnership. So it's, um, I think the challenge is switching from the hardware thinking to software cycles. And that also means attracting software talent into the automotive industry. That's typically seen as, you know, dinosaurs for a lack of a better word, I would say. <laughs> so, and then, you know, the typical question is, is the auto industry willing to pay up for tech talent? I know that's kind of a little controversial or sensitive topic, but uh, will the auto industry compete with the tech industry and pay up for the talent? And we demonstrated that we are able to attract tech technical talent. And uh, these talent that is joining us Interestingly, when they work on the technology company side, like Amazon or Google or Harman and other companies, they have only seen one side of the product, but they have not seen that product get embedded in delivering the customer experience. They want to see the whole experience till it's delivered to the customer and how the product evolves. And so that's why they are really interested in coming and joining uh, the automotive industry or the mobility tech industry. And um, the other thing is they're really excited about this, as I always call it, once in a lifetime opportunity to disrupt and disruptively transform an industry wholesale, a company wholesale, mm -hmm. huge opportunity. Yeah, I agree with you, Mamtha. It always goes back to me thinking about finishing college back in Germany and they, they wouldn't, the companies were all not hiring. And my mother had a heart attack because she wanted to, to, for me to publish 200 resumes and letters out there and find any job. And my answer to her was, I love the Mercedes vehicle. I love automobiles. That's, that's the kind of company that I want to go work with because of that passion. And you guys have just hired in some amazing tech talent. And to your point, they're coming in, they're probably bored having solved all the tech uh, problems out there, right? Uh, becoming Amazon and, and solving all the technology concepts behind it and the complexity. They're now looking to the beauty of automotive and the vehicles and the whole product and how that can come together in this disruptive time. So truly, truly amazing. The people focus is everything. And yes, thank you for competing with us on uh, on all these smart people out there in the market. <laughs> I think all <laughs> of us are competing. We also have a responsibility to uh, create more supply of talent. So the Software and Data Academy that we announced yesterday is also part of our I would say responsibility to reskill and retrain our existing employees, um, engineering employees specifically, that we are targeting that group. We have 30,000 engineering engineers. And even if a small percent of them are interested and they have actually expressed interest, are willing to reskill themselves or upskill themselves, that would be um, uh, just an amazing, an amazing thing. So we need to work on creating that supply, not just compete on the talent, but 
working with uh, schools, working with universities, and especially, I think, Jenny, in Michigan, we have yeah. a bigger responsibility of increasing the supply of talent. I love the video that you showed at uh, Software Day because you were showing that experience you just talked about with the Jeep. Um, and you were showing a drone that was in the middle of nowhere with the Jeep <laughs> and the driver. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that is so amazing. Um, a lot of the automakers are thinking about expanding their typical product lines, right? With this disruptive transformation, last mile transportation solutions like drones. Uh, we're hearing about air taxis and, and with other with other companies extending, you know, intelligence into home care, some, some really crazy things that are outside the, the usual expected scope of, of auto today. Where do you see the industry uh, heading to and, and where would it be in like 10 or 20 years from now? I think it's going to be a combination of mobility, Jenny. I think it's going to be um, 10 year, even 10 years from now, it is putting the customer at the center and at that moment, what is their need? And addressing that mobility need. Is the need for a bike? Is the need for, you are in a Jeep, you're in an off-road trail and you can't, but you want to take a bike and go somewhere. Yep. Or you are in a, you're in a Jeep and you're going with your friends and then you want to create a group ride and share that as almost like a, as a platoon, uh, from, as part of platooning. And then this uh, drone that you have seen that's paired with the Jeep, it's recording me as I navigate this off-road trail and click off a button, share with my friends on social media, and then become an influencer. So we see that in TikTok as a trend. So how can um, the car now become a part of your digital lifestyle and address your needs? Absolutely. I love it. And, and I know we had shared other examples with you about the uh, being able to uh, create new products and capabilities around the auto product itself, but using the technology and the secure access and capabilities to create new experiences with the client. So really super, super exciting for sure. Yeah. Ramtha, we, we've talked we've talked about this so many times, like we're almost blue in the face already. We keep talking about the fact that uh, women are the ones who buy 62% of all new cars in the U.S., <laughs> and they influence up to 85% of all purchases. And yet, who is addressing the women buyers, right, today? We, we, we barely see that happen, and that's why we talk about it a lot. Um, where do you see this focus on software that is happening right now really drive the change there uh, that we've been anticipating for quite some time? I think I still remember Sue talking in her town halls about, <laughs> about this trend. This was, what, 10, 15 years ago. Actually, yes. I cannot even say 10. It was more 15 years ago. It was more like 15, yes. Yeah, I and agree. then we were, we even back then, we were talking about how many women leaders are sitting at the table to help drive the right decisions so that you can influence this important demographic. Yeah. Right? And I think uh, as any industry, not just the automotive industry, any industry progresses, this is an important demographic. 
women, and then now you have um, the micro segments among women, millennials, Generation Z, and uh, you know we still have the Generation Xs that you and I probably yeah. belong to, <laughs> and the yeah. baby boomers, and so you have micro segments among this broader demographic of women, and so again it goes back to the important trend whether it is for men or women, it's around um, not a one size fits all, but personalizing it to their their taste, to what their need is at that time. And I, I still feel like one, some fundamental things that we still have not addressed that we were looking at, Jenny, back back then we were at uh, Mercedes is, where do you put your handbag? <laughs> A place for your handbag, right? You know, I still, I still throw it in the passenger seat most of the time, but I would love for me to have an easy access to, easy access to my bag (laughs) in the the car. So I think uh, we, we still have a long way to go, but with software, probably we have a tremendous opportunity to understand the data better, to understand the usage of the features better and really tailor the product um, with software to the women. Well, I really, I think it's going to be a differentiator and a competitive advantage for the auto companies that actually finally figure out how to, how to focus on women as their buyers and women as drivers and the ones that are, are having this family experience, right, that they need to juggle. And uh, hopefully you'll be able to drive that uh, at Stellantis. I would love yes, to see absolutely. that. Yes, absolutely. Our Chrysler brand focuses family. So a Chrysler, as you know, it's a, it's a heritage yes. brand that has always been focused on focused on family. So and the focus continues to be connected families as the brand evolves. Jenny, did you want to add any more around your 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 point of view around what this is going to look like in in you know ten, fifteen, twenty years out out from now? Well, I think, I think we touched on a lot of the critical things, right? The companies, what we're seeing in the market is the companies that will truly solve the topics that we've discussed, which is consumer obsession, understanding the consumer and their lifestyle and their demand for convenience within everything that's going on in their life. Uh, cracking that code is going to be the holy grail of future success in the industry. Um, We also are seeing in that context of collaboration to the ecosystem, a lot more discussions are popping up around the need for open source and how much of that should be open sourced and shared versus individualized, right, Mm -hmm. system and solutions from the OEM's perspective. Software defined vehicle is, is that lifeline, as Mamtha mentioned, every OEM is going to have to solve for that platform and software capability that is end-to-end covering all feature functions within the vehicle. And that is that is highly, highly complex. Um, and guess what? One of the simple things that we never stop talking about is still a huge challenge, testing. Yes. A lot of the companies still have to figure out how to test. It sounds so trivial, but they have to figure out how to test end-to-end so you have your in-vehicle software that you're building out. 
and you have Vita Access, we're talking about it's connecting to everything and it's connecting to the cloud and you have your digital twins that you have to figure out, that is a nut that still remains uncracked, at least to some extent, and is something that, that is going to be very critical to solve to produce that high quality everyday upgrades over the air that Memphis spoke about. So um, those are the things that we're seeing here at the moment in the market. Wonderful. Thank you. Uh, so the last part of the uh, podcast here is uh, we call it the book end. And um, it's more of a question of, of what is on your uh, on your nightstand? What author are you reading? What podcast are you listening to um, as experts in in the automotive uh, field here? Who, who are your influencers uh, and you know who, who do you read or, or listen to? Um, Mantha, would you like to go first? Absolutely. So the one, the book that I'm actually listening to on Audible is by my mentor, Uber Jolly, who was the ex-CEO and chairman of Best Buy. He wrote a book called The Heart of Business, um, The Leadership Principles for the Next Era of Capitalism, and how I think leaders need to be human and in, uh, and a deep empathy for employees creates in leaders a deep empathy for customers. And when you have that kind of empathy, you introduce the right solutions. So even 10 years from now, it is that human to human understanding is what will help you introduce the right solutions. And he uh, took Best Buy from the brink of bankruptcy to uh, he transformed the company into what it is today. So he is uh, he's definitely one of my inspiration and role models. And of course my mentor, so. <laughs> Sure, and it sounds like that that mindset certainly is at work th uh, through you at Stellantis with the uh, you know with the customer at the center and their experience and and their needs and being able to really truly be empathetic to that and then from their design and engineer around it right that's perfect um, Jenny how about you well so. I just, I just decided to, instead of telling you what's on my nightstand, relate back to what Mumfa just said and make a recommendation for a book or a book series. Um, I can't emphasize enough why, why empathy is so important and why that is key to success, right? And that human-to-human -human interaction is absolutely critical. When I, when I mentor uh, women or, in general, anybody, I, I, I talk about how critical it is to have the best communication you possibly can uh, between yourself and other people. And that cannot be a one, one size fits all communication. I keep preaching that communication uh, needs to be modified and adapted to the person that you're communicating with or the team you're communicating with. And that's to me, one of the definitions of empathy. You're empathizing with the person you're talking to and you understand their position and you understand their needs and wants and you adapt your communication to that. And so one of the one of the, the concepts of books that I keep recommending to people to read up on is neurolinguistic programming. Unfortunately, here in the US, 
it almost you have to go you, you go to the um you know the the psychology area of a bookstore because it's about mental health but neurolinguistic programming is one of the most fascinating scientifically evidenced opportunities to build empathy and learn how to communicate properly. And so there's multiple business focused books out there around NLP. One of them um, I read many, many moons ago and translated from German, it's called The Frog on the Butter, uh, Der Frosch auf der Butter, and it's from Helmut Kruse, but he is one of the uh, scientists that actually bring to life NLP and what it can do for everybody uh, in context of empathy and communication. I think women have that as a superpower. They do. They do, Martha. Absolutely. Yep. I totally agree. It's amazing. Well, thank you both very, very much for for your time. I've I've learned a lot from this. I'm sure our listeners are going to be excited to hear this uh, when it comes out soon. Uh, I'm excited to see what both of you produce here in the next year and decade to come at the forefront of. Um, nothing short of a, a full-on overhaul of, of an entire industry and um, ways of life at that. So thank you. Uh, very much appreciate it. And I'll hand it over to our founder and CEO, Sonny, to, uh, to take it away from here. Thank you both. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Beyond Digital by DMI. If you like what you heard, please like and share with your colleagues on social media and subscribe to Beyond Digital on your favorite platform. To hear more stories around intelligent digital transformation, visit us at dminc.com, where you can view the show notes from this and other episodes. We're grateful for your support as we navigate beyond digital transformation and build the B4B conversation together. Until next time, this is Sonny Bajaj, founder and CEO of DMI, wishing you all the best. Stay digital and stay transformed.